0: All right. All right. Episode 14, 40 Forecast. Um, check us out on SoundCloud slash 40 Forecast. Word. Click subscribe on iTunes. Uh-huh. And then it can pop into your iTunes every time we drop one of these, these Word. little things. It's uh, Thursday, September 29th. Good, good. 2011. Yes. How are you feeling, Ralph? I'm
1: pre- I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling, Josh? It's been a while. I'm doing all right. All Drinking right. Drinking on some
0: simpler times. Some uh, Trader Joe's. We found this new spot. Yeah, this- the hot, the hottest uh, beer spot on the block. I think is Trader Joe's. They hey. got, they got that shit for the low, low. <laughs> Next time I'm there with a little more scratch in my pocket, I'm gonna do the make your own six pack. But for now, I'm rolling with the 3.99. Simpler times. <laughs> simpler times. Six point two percent alcohol, three ninety nine. It Listen, tastes like maple syrup.
1: If you're balling on a budget and you're one of those white boys that have drank relentless natty ice during college, this is definitely a step up, would you say?
0: Yeah, I feel real classy doing the Trader Joe's beer. Yeah. They have the, the tall boys too. That's the official beer of the clam. Look at that. Not only do you get
1: organic food, you get some organic beer. Yeah, and at it's Trader Joe's.
0: In the places where you can sell wine in grocery stores across the country, they have great two ninety nine red wines. But here in New York, for some reason, you can't sell wine in liquor st- in grocery stores. Uh, so they can't do that, and they're not. I'm glad they're not doing that bootleg six percent wine that some of these stores sell, because that shit is the the biggest garbage I've ever tasted in my life.
1: I just can't never drink any of those wines that are in the two liter high C. Bottles or whatever mm-hmm. the hell you call it, those plastic cards. I can't do it. Yeah, I just can't do it. I, I don't care. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that big on wine though, but that's just me.
0: Wine gives you a nice nice buzz. It's, it definitely gives different. you a
1: nice buzz. It reminds me of when I went to Catholic school, the blood of Christ. So I don't know. I'm that'll even... that'll cause an association for life. Yeah, that's why I can't wear penny loafers either. Mm. But anyway, I'm looking at this simpler times. There was a lot simpler times for the Atlanta Braves and the Boston Red Sox in the month of August. September, not so much. We have our uh, long-standing Braves fan, Josh. How do you feel about yesterday's loss? Has it
0: ruined your life? No, because this Braves team has been playing pretty shitty baseball for a month. And in the past two weeks or so, I've came to terms with them blowing this lead. We saw two of their wins in, in September, though. We did. It was it was September 8th, right when that lead was starting to shorten. Uh, originally, we were supposed to go to the game the day after my birthday on August 27th, and they had a lead pipe lock on the wild card. It got postponed a week and a half, and the lead was getting, a lose, getting chipped
1: away at a little. Nah, but you, I remember going to that game, and we were looking at the stadium, and we were going, wow, the Mets are playing a playoff team, and no one is at the stadium. hmm we, we said that
0: specifically. We're watching
1: a playoff team and no one is at the stadium.
0: Yep. Well, there was a lot of factors for that. It was a, a Saturday game rescheduled to Thursday. U.S. Open was happening next door. The weather was crummy. So I think that was a perfect storm of uh, an empty ballpark. True. And I guess their, their, lead, their lead was probably
1: like six or seven at the time. So, I don't know. Yeah. It was pretty much a, a formality that they were going to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. As long as, long as they didn't. Didn't have an epic collapse, right? Well, do you think they had an epic collapse, or you think the Cardinals just surged way they, past them? They didn't surge that hard. I mean, they're they're a ninety-one team. It's not like they they blew the gates open. Mm. They haven't. They they haven't. Their record in the past month hasn't been as good as like the the Diamondbacks or some of these other teams that made a crazy late push. It was definitely. They played. They played above above what they've been playing. The they probably got lower in the in the rankings, uh, lower in the standings. I mean, than they should have been. And then they played up to their abilities, and the Braves played way past below their abilities. So, do you have any interest in watching the playoffs now? Yeah, yeah. Um, for one thing, the Braves made the playoffs last year. And they were in it for all of four days. Yeah, they were so well done. I didn't have incredibly high expectations um, to begin with, so.
1: All right, so it was pretty much a, a, a rewind of last year, only earlier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have they have the pitching staff that if they can load up their starters properly. Well, they had know.
1: they had the sizzling hot setup, and they had the bo- the, the the closer. So I don't, I don't. I really don't know what happened, but I guess it's a lack of run support.
0: Yeah, Kimbrell Kimbrel's been blowing games and Venters hasn't been throwing the heat like he had, so it's most likely a case that that they didn't have the endurance that would have shown in October baseball mm-hmm. if they had made it. So I mean I saw I saw I saw them last year game four, Bobby Cox's last game and they didn't have enough in the tank back then to, to beat the Giants. So, I mean, whatever. It's, it's sad, and, and it's a bummer that, that they collapsed so hard. What do you think
1: about the Red Sox collapse? you think it was even more of a monumental one?
0: Um, Probably, just because there seems to be more at stake for that team, more expectations. Right, because of their payroll and all that? Yeah. What Man. do you think happened? I mean, I'm no baseball expert. I'm not, well, I'm I'm just not saying, crunching a... crunching these numbers every game. I'm not watching every game. <clears throat>
1: from a mental standpoint, you figure that, okay, if you if you just run the numbers game, if you break five hundred, you're still gonna win the wild card race by what, four games, three games? Even at the very bare minimum.
0: Sure. If you in, in this season where the Phillies are 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 leading the league and wins at one oh two, you break ninety, you should be able to win it. You should be able to get in there. Right. Uh, but the Red Sox, it just seemed like, like um, I don't know, man. Like these dudes just weren't clutch. Yeah,
1: they just, it just got into their head. Even uh, I heard some stat that they were like 78-0 and after they're leading in eight innings and they mm-hmm. still blew it. That leads me to believe that they were already blowing the game. They were already mentally down. Yeah already earlier in the earlier innings than, than the late innings. And I found that pretty surprising. Papelbaum only had three blown saves the whole year. Just so happened he only had that blown save last night. The most important night. of which last right. night. I don't think it was his uh, fault, though. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you caught the game, but at the last play, uh, it was kind of like a sacrifice fly that Carl Crawford definitely could have caught uh, he didn't seem like he
0: wanted to get the ball. I know Torrey Hunter would have definitely got the ball. I know Johnny Damon, if he was down there, he would have got the ball. Which just well, confusing. Of, of course he wanted to get the ball, but Crawford's been kind of discontent on this team because he's spot the lineup, has been shifted around. He doesn't want to play center field. uh so maybe subconsciously, you know, he wasn't trying to get that ball because he didn't want to. He didn't want to be in that position. He thought I don't know what position he wanted to play.
1: Well, perhaps maybe he had a lot of um, pressure in Tampa, and he was ready for that because it was basically him and Longoria uh, anchoring that lineup. He was a perennial All Star in Tampa Bay. He defected and and got more money out of the Red Sox, and then he was kind of lost in the shuffle with three other uh, MVP candidates up until yeah. mid August. So. That's probably, I don't know, psychological psychologically a blow to him that I he's mean, not the top I mean, you think that player.
0: that would make it easier. I know, would that.
1: think so because now that kind of alleviates what you have to do. But maybe it's a scenario like where the Heat, where in the beginning where they were just kind of confused if, if Dwayne Wade should take the last shot, if LeBron should take the last shot, or Chris Bosh should just stay out of the way.
0: Yeah, no, knowing your role, it seems like that would be a lot more crucial in basketball right. with baseball. You know, you you swing at pitches when you're at bat and you play your position. I don't know what confusion there could be. I don't know the intricacies of players catching feelings about, about where they're at the lineup. Right. But, you know. It kind of reminded me of the 2004
1: Yankee team where they had a big payroll and they kind of spent it on people that were past their prime. It's just that the difference between this Red Sox team is that they all are in their prime. And they're taking a collective bunch of great individuals and maybe they're not being cohesive as a team or they don't know their roles because they've had prevalent roles in other places and then they get inserted in a lineup where they're not hitting cleanup and they're hitting later in the order. That might have been the difference.
0: Right. Well, the whole premise of Moneyball is that baseball is such an individual game that every little thing can be measured. But I guess you can't measure the psychological impact of what's going through a guy's head because he's catching feelings, about right? Something,
1: that's that's you know? not something that you can ever uh, really predict, and and they never had any metrics with that. So you read the book, I watched the movie. The book, mm-hmm. the book
0: was was fantastic. The book was excellent. I think um, they give a lot of credit to to Brad Pitt and Aaron Sorkin, the screenwriter. But from the beginning, that that book is a very story driven book. It paints characters really well and it's cinematic when you read it. It tells a great story, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah,
1: anyone who didn't catch it, I would say it was probably the most realistic baseball movie I've ever seen. Uh, You watch movies like uh, The Natural. Uh, You think of movies like Major League, Major League 2. They always have like this above and beyond star, which is kind of unrealistic. They go seven for seven in a game. Mm -hmm. This one was really a tale of a team that really got torn and tattered after free agency took their best players in uh, Jason Giambi, uh, Johnny Damon, and Jason Isringhausen in the two thousand and one series uh, season, and you think about how they lost. Uh, I believe they lost to the Yankees. They were up two zip, and then Derek Jeter made that miraculous shove to uh, who was it? Who was catching at the time? Was it a uh, Girardi? No, it was Posada. Mm. Gave it a Posada that basically flipped the switch and, and turned over the series, and eventually um, they lost. And then Damon went to go get his money in uh, Boston. I think Isringhausen mm-hmm. went to the
0: Mets or Cardinals. He went to one of those. I think the Cardinals. Or, what? There was the Cardinals. It was the Cardinals, yeah. Uh, it's funny Isringhausen's on the Mets now. Yeah, while it's he's it's, while Detroit, right. Bringing it all back. That's on.
1: always weird. It goes full circle, but you're a lot less worthy right
0: yeah
1: really weird but if you ever get a chance it's really good Um, it explains a lot of the metrics that a lot of general managers kind of follow suit and figure out this formula
0: right Billy Billy Bean was the first Theo Epstein right behind him and now it's just sort of they look at
1: they look at hard numbers and they they create some sort of algorithm of how they're gonna play they don't I don't know it's it's really weird you'd have to just just check it out for yourself it's a great movie and I suggest you watch it. It's, it's definitely the blueprint in which uh, the 2004 and 2007 Boston Red Sox were made of. Yeah. In fact, Billy Bean got offered uh, a monumental contract by the Boston Red Sox the year before they, they uh, won the World Series. Mm-hmm. A couple of years before they won the World Series, he ended up uh, not wanting the contract and stayed in Oakland. And then, obviously, Theo Epstein was the youngest GM in Boston Red Sox history, and then that went through, and then, obviously, they've won two. But they're not doing too well this season. We're so, MLB predictions uh playoffs. Who you got um, coming out the AL? Who do you got coming out the NL? If you want to break down the the specific rounds in the first round. I like
0: I like the Brewers. I I think Brewers are legit. I they think got the Hebrew hammer. This is their year, but the Phillies pitching can probably beat them. Right, but do you think that that 8-game losing streak is a bit of concern for them? Ooh, I'm I'm See, this is how little I know about baseball. Which which age, <laughs> which eight game losing streak? Philadelphia
1: Phillies. They just lost eight straight. They just won three straight, mm-hmm. but before that they lost eight straight
0: and if- probably not. It's like a, it's like a college bowl game where the team has nothing to play for. You can't put too much stock in. They'll they'll have Alabama play, I don't know, Boise State in Alabama. Just missed being in the national championship game by one loss. Then Boise State beats them in the bowl game. It's like Alabama didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the Phillies haven't give a, given a shit for a long time. And no. I mean, Cliff Lee was bout about it enough to beat the Braves last night.
1: And Holiday's so bout about it that he get he throws no hitters in, in the first round. So yeah. I'm pretty sure it'll be some sort of bout about it.
0: Yeah. And the Brewers are playing. Um, Brewers are playing the D-backs I believe. Okay, so Philly's Brewers matchup is probably most likely ALC NLCS. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I I I think that'll be a really good series. And you got Philly going winning the pennant? Um, I don't know. I can't really I I think yeah, I think they'll beat the Brewers. Yeah, I, I got Philly. I got Philly
1: independent. The mm-hmm. They'll probably beat them in 6 games uh the Brewers. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm rooting for the D-backs. I had my time in Arizona, so I, I'm a little emotionally attached to them.
0: Yeah, if I'm rooting for anybody, I think it's the Brewers.
1: Okay, what about the AL? Who we got there? We got Tigers versus Yankees, and we have Rays versus ooh, Rangers. Rangers.
0: Rangers. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how far this Yankees team can go with this pitching, pitching situation. I'm just
1: th- gonna have to find out because you know I'm emotionally invested, so it's not for yeah. to me to give you a good answer to that. But I think the Rangers probably have the best uh offensive lineup. Uh other than that, the Rays are surging.
0: Yeah. The the Rays, I think, have the most solid starting starter lineup. The Tigers are just basically Verlander. And in a five game series, that could beat the Yankees. They have Verlander going first and fifth, so if we write those off. You, you gotta know. win those three games, it's imperative. Yeah. But maybe they'll they'll steal one from Verlander.
1: Anything why are you thinking about Nova? I think he. I think he's the truth. Yeah, I think he's true. Ironically, one of my friends uh, works with one of his ex-girlfriends, who's like a triple A whore, which is pretty funny. Yeah. She bangs all the minor league players that <laughs> that are about to go up.
0: Bull, Bull Durham. Those. Yeah, yeah I
1: think she moved on to some sort of like assembly man. So she's she's easing up, but she used to do her dirt in in Scantron, Scranton. Pennsylvania, where they're nice. Arrived.
0: They shoot the off it. Well, yeah. they don't shoot it there. It's based in I know all about Sprint, the Steamtown Mall. There you go. Fort Richards. I call oh, it yeah. fill in the blanks because it sounds like <laughs> Scantron to me.
1: <laughs> but anyway, let's talk a little bit about Breaking Bad. Penultimate episode will be on uh, this Sunday. It's getting real ridiculous. We don't want to
0: give it away too much. it's in a corner. He's really backed into it. Not many people on his side. Right. He just um, heard some ridiculous news that his money got taken away by Skyler. You know, not. You know, being new to the crime game. You know, not just kind of. Not. I would say not thinking five moves ahead. She's still. she's She's still thinking one move. She's
1: thinking of saving her ass, and it was. It's. It's interesting if anybody watches the show. And if you don't watch
0: the show, you need to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Um, There's this- no excuse. See, I haven't watched How to Make It to America yet. But I have an excuse for that. You know, it's one season. Uh, I didn't know if it was good or it's not. 30 I minutes, had to, too. Had to, yeah, had to wait what the streets said. But the streets already have said that Breaking Bad's that shit. So yeah, if Breaking you haven't been Bad, watching, know. you know, you, you don't have any excuse. Word. In fact, I put my boy Layton onto it. Um, I, I showed
1: him the first episode. Oh, like, Layton!
0: Can we talk about Layton?
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you, I, <laughs> I showed him. I showed him the first one uh, two weeks ago. He's already going to be
0: watching it with us on Sunday. Excellent. That's how. That's how far he beasted through the season one through through three. I remember when I was watching season three, twelve episodes, twelve hours. Probably did it in a week. Uh-huh. Uh, but let's talk about Leighton. He doesn't really play fantasy football. I I highly doubt he's logged into. his Okay, team. so we're getting into fantasy football right now. He didn't draft his team. He Yahoo audited drafted. Right. I played in week one.
1: Do you beat him?
0: I lost. You lost. I've lost, and you're upset game. about that. I'm upset. I lost to Yahoo. I I shouldn't be too upset because he started Arian Foster when he didn't play. And I've been taking a glance at his page every every week. It doesn't seem like he's making lineup adjustments, making me highly doubt he's even logging in. So, commissioner.
1: Oh, you're saying that I'm I'm responsible. I need to tell him to start uh, looking at his lineup. I don't think I, f- I figured that'd be advantageous <laughs> to you that if he doesn't check his lineup, that you would have more be in a position for you to have that W. Yeah, well, I guess not. It That's didn't not work
0: so. out the first week, but uh, moving moving forward. You know, well we do. You don't. You don't want. You don't want dead teams in your league. You're
1: right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm gonna. Well, he's coming here on Sunday, and I will probably talk to him beforehand. But a win is a win, and a loss is a yeah. loss. And it's still very early. One of my one of my uh, shining moments in fantasy football. I was one and nine dead out the water and i won the whole thing so
0: Ooh.
1: i'm not even stressing it and wild card
0: it. those that like i don't even know out. what
1: happened I, it was just like a freak thing i made the right moves at the right time i benched the right people at the right time and then all of a sudden i had five hundred
0: dollars in my pocket well one more fantasy football issue um uh your wife's team who i think you have a consulting role on obviously i proposed to trade so i haven't heard back so <laughs> my proposed trade is mr greg jennings for mr matthew stafford Ooh. you're that seems a little weak in the ride, ride receiver role we'll, we'll take a look at that we'll take well, a no look let's at that. let's negotiate this out right now <laughs> right <on the> <laughs> i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to really think about this <laughs> We'll talk about that off the record. I would like to get a trade done before this week because I have Josh Freeman and Mark Sanchez. Recently dropped Jay Cutler. I, I picked up Mark Sanchez. The numbers don't lie. He scored some points as much as. He's not going to score anything. I really would rather delete my team than start Mark Sanchez. He's not going to
1: score anything this week.
0: Playing the Ravens, man. I know, but freaky, freaky things happen. I don't know how he has already like 50 points as it is. Last year they played final score was nine to seven nine yeah. to six well 20 points for me josh freeman josh freeman i think josh freeman's great he has a real canny ability he has to, your name he does it's a big plus by the way josh beckett was like the first sports star with a josh a named josh in like 20 30 years now they're all over the place The josh is it feels great Hmm, maybe everyone's Jewish, I don't know. There's two Joshes even on Tampa Bay. Josh Johnson's the backup. You know what I always thought was weird? A black guy named Josh I Isn't know that really weird? it's it's it is. Yeah. Like if,
1: if you haven't met a black guy, he's like, My name is Josh, You're like, Josh. Why is your name Josh, right? Right. I don't know. It's
0: it's not a very black name. I, I would think it's like the real the real biblical kind of yeah, christian must, uh, black people that that like dig deep in the bible for their their kids names so they pull right. out josh they get right. thanks with it
1: like or isaiah isaiah is a, a, that's just weird yeah. that's just really weird unless you lose a bet and you name your kid isaiah thomas that's just
0: mm-hmm. awful yeah isaiah thomas the other one is not isaiah thomas jr that's
1: he's just isaiah just a thomas. straight up which one
0: the the basketball player the kid oh
1: yeah he's the one whose dad lost the bet and they had a name as son. Oh, that's, that's
0: how it went down. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That's that's
1: terrible, right? Yeah, that is so bad. Um, I guess what was the last thing I wanted to talk about? Ooh. Oh, Catching Hell. It was a documentary. It was one of the Off Thirty for Thirties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all caught it. Uh, it was a great one. I, I thought it was such a. If you ever get a chance, it, it talks about the 2003 NLCS uh, game six. Chicago Cubs are on the verge of making their first World Series since I think 1908 or some crazy number Mm -hmm. like that. But I think what was so ridiculous was the cinematography of and how well made it was. I've never seen those type of effects on a documentary where they kind of, everyone knows how uh, Steve Bartman was interfering with the play, but what was so great is that they quarantined like two people and then they, they glowed one other person and... When they were doing the interviews of the people that were involved, yeah. they showed the seat that they were sitting in in comparison
0: to him. It gave you gave you a lot of perspective on it, just for for those reasons to isolate where exactly the ball went and where where the other people around him were were sitting who also grabbed for the ball. You know the real life intimacy of people shouting that that you should put a twelve gauge in your mouth and pull the trigger. Yeah, it was it, like, was, crazy. it was real for him. Yeah. And I just
1: I think the power of public opinion was so, so on on display right there. Yeah. Um, you just think about Steve Bartman now. Everyone knows who it is. He's he's a pretty normal person, and he became vilified because
0: of what he did. But he wasn't even the person that caught the ball.
1: Yeah, and that's just really weird to
0: think. And it's kind of cool. I respect anybody that can keep silent for that long. Really not you know, talk to the media, really be able to keep a a real aura of mystery around himself, you know, that's pretty gangster. And you and know And still live in
1: the same town.
0: Yeah. Steve Bartman's a real G. He's definitely a real G. He's more Veget than Josh. I think the the main point to take away from the movie is is that it could have been anybody, that the ball comes to you, and sometimes the ball of fate gets hit your way. And and he would be the last guy that would want to ruin the Cubs' season, but that's not what Destiny said. Destiny said the ball's coming your way.
1: My favorite part was in the sixth inning when the, when you could see that he wasn't interested, but in the sixth inning when there was a foul ball going his way, he was waving at the camera. That was yeah,
0: the illest part. That's crazy. This concludes the 44 forecast for this week for... Mm-hmm. For Josh. Episode 14, soundcloud.com slash 44cast. We out. Peace.